Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan Sports Review, a weekly program that brings you up to date on all the exciting news of Rowan University athletics, including recaps and highlights, player and coach interviews, and a preview of upcoming games. And now, here's your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director, Jack Miller. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rowan Sports Review. I'm your host, WGLS Sports Director Jack Miller. Rowan's basketball season is underway in just about three weeks. I got to talk to both men's and women's teams' new basketball coaches and got to get to know them as a person and how they will coach their athletes this upcoming season. Up first is my conversation with Rowan's new women's basketball coach, Kate Pearson. Rowan's new women's basketball coach, Kate Pearson. Kate, welcome to the Rowan Sports Review. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Rowan Sports Review. So what made you want to become a coach? I know you started in high school uh, when it came to coaching, but then you also moved up to Cabrini and then later to Rowan. What made you initially just want to become a coach and continue with it as well? So growing up, I was definitely a tomboy. I was always around athletics, and my mom was a coach. So um, she actually was like a high school coach and then actually started the women's um, soccer program at Cabrini. So um, I kind of grew up on the sidelines. So being around it that much, I think I was um, brought up kind of with the coach's mentality. Uh, I was a point guard in basketball, and that's the same thing. Usually as a point guard, you're supposed to be the extension of the coach on the floor. So um, I don't think it was necessarily a path that I said I definitely want to be a coach. Um, I knew I liked being in kind of education. I initially thought I was going to be more in this sports broadcasting world. Um, But then as things, my path kind of chose for me, I was doing a lot of camps um, as a student athlete in college over the summers and just kind of fell in love with that part of it. And looking at your coaching uh, at Cabrini, you were, you're not just you, but just like your entire team as a whole was just dominant on defense, uh, transition defense, just even just perimeter defense, interior defense as well. Was that your mentality as a player as well, where you had that defensive mindset when you were point guard for your high school? Um, Yes and no. I think uh, I'm a competitor, so I don't ever want to lose. So when it comes to kind of defense is you got to take that personally. But I definitely think as a player, sometimes I was maybe a little more offensive minded. And so as a coach, there's a lot of things that I feel like any of things that I didn't like or didn't think I did as well as a player are things that I really harp on with my players to try and make sure I'm, I'm aware of those weaknesses and make them strengths. So being defensive minded is definitely an approach I have as a coach, because I think basketball is a tricky game. You could, um, everyone can be hot, but everybody can be cold. And so if you can defend, you give yourself a chance to be in a game. So when, when looking at Cabrini, you, you've done so much for them. You had a 240 to 125 record. So 240 wins, 125 losses. That's a very strong positive record just looking at that. So was that the main reason that Cabrini was so good? Because you could just bring that defensive mentality to Cabrini and then you might also bring it to Rowan to make them pretty good this season? Um, I think that you said it was definitely an identity. Each year we had goals and some of our goals were being top three statistically in the conference. And usually those were like geared on defense. And a lot of times that holding teams to a certain um, percentage and going that way. So I think it definitely contributed to our success um, across the whole. And I had some players who really bought into that and had some really um, tough defensive players. Two NCAA wins on five appearances. You've won coach of the year five times and you had a 26 and three record 
record in 2016 that was also led by a 24-game winning streak. What made you want to move from Cabrini to Rowan? Because you've done just so much positive stuff for Cabrini that it's just odd for someone to to have so much success as a coach for a specific team that they would want to move on from that. So um, it was a little bit of one door closes, another one opens opportunity. So we found out um, Cabrini actually has their athletic programs and the school is going, has this semester and next semester, but at the end of the spring semester, um, there was a deal where Cabrini is actually going to be closing. So, you know, one thought was to be able to try and stay there and see it out. Um, but things worked in a way that gave me an opportunity to um, make the move over to, to here. And, um, you know, there was a lot of great things about being at Cabrini. Um, but I think Rowan offers a lot of more opportunities for growth. Yeah, and um, I think there's definitely plans for Rowan to try and move up to D2, D1. So that's positive in your mind to move up as a potential maybe D2, D1 coach as Rowan grows, just as all the athletics grows as well. But obviously, we both know that uh, the reason you're here is because there was an opens position due to the passing of Coach Poles, um, who is beloved by Rowan's uh, fans and staff. How do you plan to fill in his shoes? And also, how do you plan to use on anything that he used coaching-wise for this uh, women's team as well? Yeah, it's definitely a unique situation um, in this scenario. And I think, um, you know, you can never replace someone. And when this opportunity, as you spoke about, I know Coach Poles was beloved by the community here, by the players, by fans. Um, so our goal is to kind of, um, you know, I spoke a lot to the players about making sure to honor him, um, not just this season, but moving forward um, and all that he has given to Rowan and Rowan's basketball so it's kind of melding some of the things that um, he has honored. One of his um, motto is called Sisu, which is just this um, Finnish proverb about how you act in the face of adversity and kind of pushing through things. And so that's continued to be a, a team motto um, for our group that, you know, we'll continue to kind of talk about and move forward. So I think the biggest, most important thing is for our players and the coaching staff to just put our best selves forward every time we can. And that's the best way to honor coach polls and also just represent Rowan athletics. So what do you plan on to just kind of meshing coach polls and your coaching? How do you plan on combining it pretty much to help this Rowan women's team thrive? Um, I think it's just conversations between uh, myself, the coaching staff for the most part is all returned. Um, and then from the returning players as well, we've had some different conversations about you know, what have you done that we want to hold on to? And then also kind of sprinkling in some of the traditions and the mindsets that um, I bring as a coach. Looking at your winning streaks that you've had in the past, you've had very long winning streaks towards the end of seasons as well. And for our Rowan schedules, a lot of our games are NJAC games towards the end of the season. So what are your plans against these upcoming NJAC opponents? And is there also a specific team that you have your eye on that you're like, I'm going to push them to their limits, but also try and push them over the top to beat these NJAC teams? Um, well, before NJAC even happens, we open up the season with a lot of um, very, very good teams. Um, yeah. We have multiple teams on our conference that were not only um, NCAA teams, but top 10 teams, um, teams that went to the final four and NCAA championship. So um, we're really taking it one day at a time. I think if you ask the players, they might tell you they have a certain NJAC game circled or one or two there. Um, I honestly am just trying to take the approach of kind of one day at a time. I've always approached a season to know 
we don't need to be, and we're not going to be our best team in November. It's about growth and progression, and we want to be at our best selves going into February and playoff time. And you showed that in your 2016 season. You started off 1-3, and three, and then you had a 24-game win streak to end the season. So not every season has to start off strong in order to be successful. Talking about the teams that you play in the beginning, the first team you play is the team you played for Correct. when you played in college ball. You, now you're playing Scranton in your first game as Rowan's head coach. So is that the game that you're kind of like, all right, this is this is kind of cool. I'm coaching for the profs, but I'm also coaching against my former school. It was interesting when I was handed the schedule that mm-hmm. I, I didn't make that. That was already <laughs> on there. Um, so that was an interesting. We actually played Scranton a number of times when I was at Cabrini, but it was also my coach who coached me is no longer there. So we haven't really played them as much. Um, but it's always been, it's a history program it has rooted in tradition. And that was one of the reasons why I went there. So to have the opportunity to play against a team like that, um, in, in game one at a new program, you know, it's intriguing and it's definitely an opportunity I'm looking forward to. Is there anything that you're expecting from Scranton? Um, just based off like play style that you've seen from the past. And even when you've played that you're expecting to, from them to come against the profs. Um, I just think they have a lot of weapons, so they um, kind of seem to, even when they graduate players, they just seem to reload. So they lost um, a player last year who actually is using her fifth year at a Division One school um, who was an excellent guard, but I know they've brought in some other guards. So I think it's just you can't ever count them out. They're reloading every year. Um, and, you know, it's we'll do scouting report on them, but right now we're focused on what What's going to be our identity and how do we establish ourselves? Just want to talk about the current roster before we end our interview here. Um, But you guys lost uh, a few people here and there uh, just due to graduation. Are you planning to reload kind of with your new, the the new players that you got from your roster or even just some of the former players, just kind of make them step up to fill in the shoes of Mallard and Adams and also Marshall? Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, we have a good mix of some returning experience on the team. And I think we have some players who are returners who want more opportunity. And you can see that right now already in our first couple of practices that they're all really pushing each other and making it um, a tough decision for the coaching staff to figure out who to put on the floor when. But we definitely have a lot of weapons, a lot of depth, and they're working really hard. So um, time will tell where, where everybody is. You you said that you don't need to start off strong as long as you end strong. That's that's all that matters. What is your goal as a coach in your first year here for Rowan? Obviously, you might be here for a little bit after your first year. What is your plan for this year for the pros, just as a player's goals or also as a team? I think coming in, this is a team that won the conference last year, um, and so I think for them, you know, that's something that they want to do is to repeat. And so my goal is every time as a coach is to provide the best student athlete experience possible. Winning, going to championships, going to NCAAs, those things all enhance that experience. So, um, you know, I I would be lying if I didn't say that's, you know, on (laughs) on our forefront that that's where we want to be. Um, I just like to kind of take that, like I said, step-by-step approach um, and make sure that they know you don't win the NJAC on game one or even on game seven, you know, Mm -hmm. it is a, it is a journey. It is one game at a time. Um, and just making sure we kind of respect every opponent we come against. Um, and we put our best selves forward each time. And when we win, we want to build off that. When we lose, we want to learn from it and build off that too. So, um, I think my, my biggest goal is to just put our players in the best situation to have success. So you've had experience going to the NCAAs, Is that another goal in mind as well, to get back there, to get back to that stage? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, 
again, when I think back about some of my most um, memorable experiences as a player and as a coach, um, you know, a lot of them have included those NCAA games, those NCAA runs. Um, So that's definitely not the end all be all, but it is going to be something that I know our players want to continue. And I know across the board here in Rowan Athletics, there's a lot of teams competing at that national level. So that's um, what's nice is it is definitely an opportunity. And now here's the new interim head coach for the Rowan men's basketball team, Eric Brennan, with us now for the Rowan Sports Review. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. How's your day been going so far? Just break down what you've been doing so far, uh, just uh, overall today. Sure, Jack. Uh, thanks for having me today. Uh, actually had the opportunity to sit in at the six practice um which was great you know got to see how they run things uh how nick nurse you know puts things together and how they uh, orchestrate their practice so uh, and i think that's a good thing about rowan in general is the professional development part um so for me you know a a big portion of my day at least today uh, was spent at their practice um kind of fine-tuning what we do uh taking some concepts some drills and uh implementing with our team Uh, But after this, you know, um, I'll go back, take a look over a few things for our upcoming practice, always review what we've done previously and and how we can improve. Um, So that's that's where we're at today. And you played in college in Kutztown, right? I did. And then you also played overseas. Correct. So in in Finland. Tell us about that. I did. So two years uh, at Lock Haven uh, after uh, freshman, sophomore year at Lock Haven, then transferred to Kutztown. Uh, both great universities, great experiences at both. Still keep in touch with uh, a lot of guys from uh, both teams. Um, so yeah, college experience was was great. After that, I had the opportunity to play with Tapiola Honka in Espoo, Finland. And I tell guys all the time, you know, especially at our level uh, and even the Division Two level, uh, the dream is to play professionally. Um, and a lot of times uh, for guys at our level, that means over Overseas, uh, that comes with a big commitment, right? Uh, yes. At a young age, right? So I was there, I think I was 22 years old. You're thrown into a different culture, different environment. You're away from family. So uh, the commitment at, at that age is is a lot, right? So adjusting um, your norms and your culture to a different one is challenging. But all in all, it was a great experience. And then after that, had the opportunity to come back and coach, and I knew coaching was something I always wanted to get into. Uh, my high school coach, Bill Ludlow at West Catholic, uh, was really a motivation for me um, to get into coaching. I liked the way he uh, held us accountable, taught us the game. Uh, but yeah, so uh, when I came back, was able to hop on the staff at Philadelphia University, thanks to Jim Riley and Coach Herm McGee, uh, which is now uh, Jefferson University. So. Was he the main factor of what got you into coaching? I would say, yeah, my experience on Bill Ludlow's team at West Catholic and just kind of looking up to him as a mentor, not just basketball-wise, but just life in general, and really all my coaches, the impact they had on me at those points in my life was something that I always hoped to do for other kids and student-athletes, to, to be that person for them. Uh, so that was a big motivating factor for me getting into coaching. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to affect kids' lives in a positive way. And I enjoy working with um, the age groups that we work with uh, in college right now. And it's helping them balance a lot of things, right? So the time management of of class, of practice, of games, of understanding that basketball ends and you are here at college to get a degree. Yeah. Um, that student athlete experience mm-hmm. is part of that. But 
kind of helping them understand the bigger picture. So we've had already a lot of people come in and speak to our team, uh, not from an athletic standpoint, but really from a career standpoint, from taking what they're learning through their student athlete experience and applying that to their professional lives after this. So how do you grow some of these athletes that you have into uh, an athlete that might not really focus on school that much, but you want them to grow and become that student athlete that you would want them to become? Yeah, so that that's a great question. I think you have to be a constant reminder for them. It has to be a priority for you as the coach. If it's not a priority for me, it's not going to be a priority for those students that you mentioned where their athletic identity may be strong and that basketball may be taken over too much of what their identity is. So it's up to us as coaches and it's up to me to help my student athletes understand that it's larger than this. I think the ways we achieve that is through bringing in outside speakers and just having those constant conversations with them, whether individually or collectively, about the bigger picture here. Um, we can talk to them about their career goals, their career aspirations, make sure they know when the career fairs are on campus, um, have the Office of Career Advancement come and speak to them directly, uh, have weekly meetings where you know we're focusing in on their uh, academics and their schoolwork. Um, what are you doing for your internship, right? So it's not like it stops and starts with a specific conversation or a specific task. I think it's something that continually happens and it's better if it happens early in their college career um, to help them take that mindset that you're trying to give to them um, and apply it, you know, once they do graduate. What are some of those outside speakers that you've brought in to talk to your athletes? Sure. So we've had um, CEO Five Star Recruiting coming in, uh, James Grugan. What he does, what what his talk about was specifically was, you know, communicating to future employers that you have just done an intense four year, two year internship by participating in an intercollegiate athletic team, right? So you had to be on time. You were accountable. You worked hard. So really speaking to them in a way that leverages their student athlete experience to future employers. Um, I had another gentleman come in and he spoke to them from the same mindset of it being bigger than basketball um, and really just breaking through to these guys. Again, like I think it has to be constant. Right. And they can't hear it from just me or, you know, this person or that person. I think the more people that I can get in front of our student athletes to talk about this idea of being prepared for their careers after sports is very important. Um, we're gonna have Joanne Bullard, who's a great resource to our athletic department, uh, come in and and you know reinforce uh, the message that we're giving to. What's your favorite part about coaching? I would say that's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> I, I would go back to um, just being in the lives of college student athletes at this time for them and in whatever way they need it, right? So so some kids are gonna be, you know, take off with everything and they're great and they might check in a little bit, um, but for the most part, they may they may have it, you know, under control. For other kids, the, the impact and the help and the extra resource might be greater. So yeah, I would say my favorite part of coaching is just being a resource for the guys that come to me um, for anything else outside of basketball, right? So I think that is uber important. Um, and I really, you know, follow up on, on that part of the job and, and that service to them. So servicing my guys in any way I can 
is is the part that I enjoy most about coaching, and I think it's the most important one. So you're the assistant coach last year for for Coach Crispin. Mm-hmm. You're also an assistant coach for Herb McGee as well. Yep, one of the most winningest basketball coaches in yeah. all of NCAA. Do you plan actually to use some of their coaching styles in any way or have like a mix of yours and theirs? I didn't know what your coaching style was. Yeah, great question. So Coach McGee and and Coach Crispin and, and I've you know, we've talked about this before with, with Coach Crispin, but they're at the if you think of program and philosophy, they're at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and there's no one way to win. How um, so though? In opposite so, ways. So so in terms of, of Coach McGee, it was very structured. Um, repetition was big for his offensive plays um, and running those. So more or less, most of the time down the floor, we're running one of Coach McGee's sets and plays. And we get a good shot out of that every time. Um, As you mentioned, he's one of the winningest coaches. So being a part of his staff for five years, I was able to pick up on a lot of things. And I think the biggest thing is, is repetition. So whatever you want to be good at, you have to practice it every day and you can't be good at everything. Um, and then coming over to coach Crispin's staff, he's much more organic, right? So his, his way of thinking, his philosophy is that, you know, organically we're going to get to the shot that we want. So he starts with less structure. He starts with just playing more, um, his idea is to speed up the game, right? Create more possessions. He thinks it's a fun way to play. I do too. Um, it is a great way to play. Um, it is a tool for recruiting. I think kids want to play that way. So it, it you know, it, it plays into that part of coaching. Um, but in terms of, you know, how I'm going to approach it, I think I will take a little bit from each. I think, I think there is a lot of value in giving the type of freedom that Coach Crispin gave to his players offensively. Um, but at times to use some of that structure that I learned from Coach McGee um, to kind of bring them back if, if we're getting a little too crazy or if we don't get a few good shot attempts down court. Um, and then defensively, uh, and I would say both of those coaches, Coach Christman and Coach McGee, they were both offensive-minded guys, um, and they took pride in that, and they both had good um, offensively-led teams. Defensively is where I'm going to be hard on my guys and, and keep them accountable. I think we'll have enough scoring options, and I'll allow enough freedom to where – Defense is going to matter, right? So if we can stop guys and if we can guard guys, I think that will take us a long way. Um, so there's there's going to be a, a greater emphasis on defense um, this year for sure. What's great is that Kate Pearson actually said the same thing, that she's that defensive-minded yeah. coach, and you're the same way. Yeah. And you guys scored a lot last year. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily defensive or offensive-minded. implement it more. Exactly. Yeah. Implement more defensive structure. Um, I think it's important that guys positionally are where they need to be defensively. And because of the scoring capabilities we have, I think guys will be able to get to their shots where they want, when they want them. And I want to give the freedom for them to do that. But defensively is where we have to 
what everyone says nowadays is lock in. Just talking about the guys that you that you coach. Yeah. Um, just give us a breakdown on the roster this year. Um, just because if uh, at least at this current time nothing's been officially released, so sure. just want to see like who's still in, who's who's moved on, whatnot. And you've had a lot of great guys, uh, especially last year. Just making sure that the team's pretty much looking kind of the same. Sure, sure, yeah. So we have uh, Jazir Noel returning. He was first team All American. We have Marcellus Ross returning to the squad. Uh, Marcellus has been you know key and ingredient to our success here shooting especially uh, absolutely uh, Mars a knockdown shooter uh, but just his energy his attitude right the stuff he brings day in day out benefits our program uh, we lose Connor Dickerson you know he was a big leader on our team last year as well as a, a heck of a player we lose De- DeAndre Vilmar uh, DeAndre brought a certain type of moxie with him to the game, to practices. Um, we lose Andrew Seeger. Uh, Andrew Seeger uh, transferred to uh, Mississippi College on a full scholarship. And, you know, we wish him well. I think he's going to have a great year, but uh, he's going to be a big part to, to replace as well. Uh, Stephen Jamad Hawkins, he went down uh, – Last year with an injury. He's still uh, out. He's still out. Yeah. So his eligibility is exhausted. Um, so yeah, lost lost a lot of key pieces. And I think the important part of that group and why they had success was most of those guys were with each other uh, for two years. Now, fast forward to this year's team. We brought in six transfers and one freshman. Um, extremely excited about the guys we brought in. You know, I think we filled a lot of gaps that we lost. Uh, I think we are a little more dynamic, um, and we're excited. You know, I think the guys have really bought in. Um, Jazir and Marcellus and the previous guys that that are that were here have really brought this group together. But uh, it is going to take some playing together, some hanging out together to get you know, the continuity that I think all great teams have. So to build that character and that familiarity with each other, um, we have to get there quick, right? Like we have a, we have a pretty challenging schedule, uh, 23 days until our first game, you know, so, um, but yeah, the, the new guys coming in, we have, we have a bunch of transfers, but uh, I'm excited for, for all of those guys. A lot of people here are expecting uh, some great games out of your athletes that you're coaching. Yeah. A lot of people here really are expecting a very good battle between you and Stockton yeah. on the 21st. Is there any games like that that are circled in your head? Like, oh, this is where we need to put a little extra step in our play. The only game circled for us and for our guys will always be the next game. So the most important game right now is Maryville. Um, that's what we're, you know, that's what we'll be focused on uh, in practice. Now we're just laying some foundational elements, but soon enough uh, we'll be gearing up to play to play Maryville, and and that's how we have to progress through our season. Um, of course, you know everyone's excited for Stockton. Uh, it'll be the first home game. Um, Coach Bittner does a great job, and you know historically they have very good teams. So yeah, of course we're looking forward to that. But uh, most important game is always the next game. Last question, main goals just for the season from your guys, from you, or from anything from this basketball team? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I would say really to, I think it's an everyday goal, right? Come in, work as hard as we can, and let's see where the results take us. That That's pretty much it. It's both in the classroom and on the basketball court. Um, you know, so it's, it's, the, it's the daily goal of working as hard as you can. It's just a daily goal. I think I think if you do that every day, 
um, then will lead to to bigger goals and and you know we see where the season takes us. Well, that's that's great. I mean, you just you want to get every day done and also every game done one step at a time. Exactly. It's a good mindset to have for one coach, day at so. a time. So thank you for joining us, Eric, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much again for both Kate Pearson and Eric Brennan for joining me on this basketball episode of the Rowan Sports Review. If any of you want to catch a game, the women's season and home opener is on November 8th. And for the men's, they start at home a little later as they host Stockton on Tuesday, November 21st. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Rowan Sports Review. Again, I'm your host, Jack Miller, and I'll see you in two weeks for our next show.